The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. So let's kick off the show with the weekly countdown. In segment four, Howie Beige, the CEO of Rubies, which is the largest manufacturer and distributor of costumes in the world, is talking to us about the hottest pet costumes of 2020. In segment three, we welcome veterinarian Dr. Angelo Bosco-Louth from Colorado State University. She is talking about how new research confirmed that cats can spread the virus to one another, but found dogs did not shed the virus. And in two, in this portion of the show, we're talking about how First Lady Michelle Obama is helping to get out the vote by utilizing your pooches. And in Flex Facts, I'm talking about fall dangers. And in segment one, nothing turns your day to crap quite like stepping in a pile of doggy doo. And while this isn't a daily issue for many people, it is for some, such as lawn care professionals. This is why Lawn Starter decided to rank the literal crappiest lawns across the United States by metro area. So let's talk dog poop with Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter. Jeff is the managing editor at the company. So, Jeff, Charlotte, and I are happy to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Glad to be here, Charlotte and Dr. Fleck. Well, you know, it's this is such an interesting segment. I was so excited <laughs> for this segment all week long. Okay, so before talking about the crappiest filled cities in America, mm. we're just curious. Do you know how much dog waste is produced each year? Now, you have to know this, Jeff. We have six dogs. Oh, my gosh. Well, it turns out that you have three-fourths of a pound of dog poop produced per day, and that's according to the Food and Drug Administration. Now, if you do the math on that, that's 400 pounds of dog dew per dog per year, so you've got a lot of dog waste in your yard. And when you do the total amount and do all the math on that, that's 24.6 billion pounds. That's the total amount of dog waste in the U.S. per year. Wow. Pretty something something. You must buy dog by the pound. Oh, how funny is that? I got a lot of cleaning up to do. My my gosh! I hope the dogs don't go to the same path as what the cattle are supposed to go to with all that poop. I know, I know. <laughs> so why should we pick up our dog waste? Yeah, because we we yeah. do it, but we don't love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first dog do it spreads disease, and which disease that includes hookworm, tapeworm, roundworm. And E. coli, and that's just for starters. There's some other diseases like Campylobacter, which I know I'm mispronouncing, but there's so many diseases in your dog poop, and that can infect you, that can affect other dogs, because some dogs, they wind up eating their own dog do. So it's, it's a problem. So, you know, if you find that your neighbor is going out of his or her way, they don't cross across your lawn, but they go out of their way, they walk down the driveway, they walk along the street, they walk up the driveway and your sidewalk to your door, you may have a problem with dog poop in your yard, and they just don't want to tell you. 
You know, it's funny that he mentions that because, you know, in my book, The Miss Fido Matters Complete Book of Dog mm-hmm. Etiquette, mm-hmm. I talk about having good relations with neighbors. And I talk about a story about a lawn guy continuing to show up at this older couple's house. And they can't figure why he keeps showing up when they keep saying he didn't call, but really the neighbors called. So when that happens, or if it happens to you, I guess your neighbors are trying to tell you something. Okay, big question. How does dog waste affect our lawns? It's terrible for lawns. It can take more than a year for dog waste to decompose, and it can kill your grass. It's not fertilizer as much as we like to think of it as that. It's just not sightly, and it also is just, it it takes so long to disintegrate. So unsightly. It just stinks. Poop stinks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we, we've talked about the lawn and how does the dog poop affect it, but how does it affect the lawn care professionals? Does it make their job a little harder? Well, it's awful. That's one of the parts of our survey was we actually are able to talk to our professionals and find out how they reacted to this. And it's surprising because they hate it. They find problems more than once a week with more than half of their lawns with, you know, immense amounts of dog poop on lawns. They say it causes them to stink. It causes their equipment to smell. It just makes their job so much more difficult. And you have to remember that it's not just mowing a lawn with a lawnmower. It's weed whacking. And one of the pros said there's nothing like mowing a lawn and weed whacking and just slamming that right into your face. So, you know... It, these people are dealing with something that, you know, they want to mow the lawn. They're not really there to, to pick up your dog's business. And that's why you can hire an additional service, a pooper scooper, to come in a few times a week. Now, I will say I am good about picking up the poop. I garden. So I have a huge garden, many, many plants, and I have to pick it up. And, yeah, it stinks and I hate it. But, I have, and, but you know, having all those dogs you got to pick it up. I mean, I like to use my lawn. So my yard guys and then the service that I use, they always know that they don't have to worry about stepping in poop. Okay. Oh, fantastic. So I guess I'm a good one. I get a gold star. Right, Dr. Fleck? Right, yeah, Jeff? Absolutely. And I find those names of those services so funny. They made me laugh when I was researching the story. Sergeant Poopers, duty calls, <laughs> every play on words you can imagine, they make their names memorable. And, you know, I don't think in the scheme of things, if you think about your time and the discomfort and the smell, right, Dr. Fleck? Because Dr. Fleck is a bottom line kind of guy. You'd rather spend the money to clean it up than go out there and clean it up yourself. Don't have time. Yeah, exactly. Time is money and money is time. Okay. So where are the crappiest lawns in America? Name the top five or so. The top five are Seattle. Tacoma and Bellevue, Washington. So that's the big MSA up there, Seattle, Tacoma, Bellevue. That's number one. Colorado Springs, number two. Toledo, Ohio. Number four is Phoenix, Mesa, Scottsdale, and El Paso, Texas is number five. And I just threw in another big metro area at number six, just for good measure. San Diego, Chula Vista, Carlsbad, California. Those are the crappiest lawns in America when it comes to the cities and the problem per capita. That's kind of crazy. I mean, Seattle. Wow. San Diego. But not Florida. Yeah, I, that's interesting because we've, you know, we have horrible grass here. It's not user friendly. We don't, don't have grass. <laughs> well, you know, St. Augustine, <laughs> crabgrass, whatever. You know, I mean, you know, it's not like you run out in your yard and go play. 
Only at the football stadiums but do they only have good on the, grass. Right, exactly. I mean, I pretty Golf much... Golf courses. I got weeds. Mm. I mean, it's green and plush, mm-hmm. but it's all weeds. Mm. Okay. So anything else? Absolutely. Uh, dogs tend to point north or south when they're doing their business. And what? The researchers are now north or south? Sure yeah, they, 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 they seem to somehow know the magnetic fields of the, the, the world, and they align themselves to it. And this wasn't a crackpot study. This was from the Frontiers in Zoology. And, you know, they studied 70 dogs, 37 breeds, over two years. I'd hate to have to do this study, but they studied nearly 2,000 defecations and almost 5,600 urinations to find out which way dogs point. And they found that they point north or south. And they just don't know why. So that's, I guess, the next study somewhere along the line. You know, that is amazing because now that you mention it, when I happen to view when they're passing poop, they all do seem to face north at my place. I want to hear from you. Is your dog pooping north, north or, or south? south? And just to remind you, you know what? Be considerate of the professionals you hire, including lawn services, you know, people who come to cut your grass, as well as your neighbors and your grandkids and other family members. Clean up the poop. It's a healthier way to live. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so glad that lawn slaughter Jeff Herman was able to join us so we could learn all about this. But if you want to learn more about Lawn Starter, visit LawnStarter.com. And I'm going to post these crappiest graphics on our social (laughs) media channels. So what's next? Celebrity pet news and flex facts. You don't want to miss that. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Ever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com.
Thank you so much for joining the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Pet Dynamic Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Okay, well, have you seen the promo on CNN featuring the new series about our fabulous first ladies, Nancy Reagan, Michelle Obama? Have you seen that? Nope. Well, I'm not going to talk about what's up with Michelle. I'm not going to talk about that. Excuse me, it's not football. But what I'm going to let you know what Michelle Obama is up to. Okay. So pet product company Wild One recently teamed up with First Lady Michelle Obama's nonpartisan, nonprofit created to encourage increased participation in all of American elections to create pro-voting gear for pooches, okay? So in an effort to get even more Americans registered to vote, Wild One is offering their $98 walk kit in tan black and gray, paired with a doggy bandana made up in partnership with WWAV, which features an adorable design and phrases like dogs for democracy and walk me to the polls. But you know what? I don't think you can bring your dog in the polls unless it's a service dog. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Well, this limited edition WWAV dog bandana is also sold separately on Wild One for 20 bucks. Dog can rock the vote, but they can rock meaningful products that encourages humans to vote. What do you think about that, Dr. Fleck? Real interesting. Yes. You remember we had one of the companies that we cover did the poop bags like for Trump and Hillary last year. That was kind of fun. And now there's a Joe Biden and Dogland doll. Creativity of people. I know. I know. It's amazing. So now what you all have been waiting for, Flex Facts, and this segment has been brought to you by EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for dogs and cats throughout the world. And if you use the code, the pet bus, you're going to get 25% off. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fiction. Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. This is going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to be talking about today? Today. Today we're going to be talking about fall weather dangers. Okay. You know, the season is also a time of lurking dangers for our furry friends from household poisoning to the cold weather hazards. There are important safety issues You better consider. Okay, so what do we need to consider? Well, let's start with back to school time. Yeah, because so many kids are going back. Back It may be late, but they're going back to school. Yeah, some of them. And those of you with young children know that means stocking up on items like glue sticks, pencils, and magic markers. Although these items are considered low toxicity to pets, gastrointestinal upsets and blockages can occur if ingested. So be sure your children keep their school supplies out of your pet's reach. Do you remember that time Hannah ate the pen and her tongue was all blue? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And additionally, after school, kids often leave lunch bags and backpacks on the couch or the floor where curious pets can explore them many times. That's a Hannah. These can contain items that can be poisonous to pets, such as leftover grapes, raisins, as well as sugar-free gum containing xylitol and medications and even some batteries. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting, xylitol. We're going to be seeing a lot of xylitol candy for Halloween too, right, Dr. Flood? Absolutely. Okay, so what other fall dangers can our pets 
fall prey to. In the fall, field mice and other rodents may venture into your home seeking refuge from the cooler temperatures. And that's really especially true up north. Oh, very much up north. So while rodenticides can eliminate these pests, they can have the same deadly effect on dogs and cats if inadvertently eaten. So if you suspect that your pet has eaten any of these poisons, seek veterinary help, please, immediately. It's helpful to bring the product packaging so the doctor can identify the type of ingredient and choose the appropriate treatment for faster recovery. That's really great advice. Put the poison in a plastic bag. And bring it. And bring it with you. Oh, mushrooms again. You know, we had that guest who talked about mushrooms about two months ago, but I continue to grow. I don't grow them. They show up. They pop up in my yard. There's a lot of mushroom growth around this time, and not only in my yard down south, but really all over the United States. Yep, rooms. Yes, they are a problem. In addition to the spring, fall is a mushroom season. So while 99% of mushrooms have little or no toxicity, that 1% that are highly toxic, can cause really life-threatening problems in the pets. Since most toxic mushrooms are difficult to distinguish from non-toxic ones, the best way to prevent pets from ingesting these poisonous plants is to remove them from your yard and keep your animals from the area where they are growing. And that also includes if you're walking on trails and if you're going to dog parks. And if you witness your pet eating a wild mushroom, Contact your veterinarian or the ASPCA, Animal Poison Control Center, immediately. And the number is? 888-426-4435. Okay, so what other wildlife concerns should we be aware of? Well, autumn is the season of those horrible snakes. Oh, and you hate snakes, Dr. Fleck. You know, they're kind of preparing for hibernation, so they're increasing the possibilities of bites to those unlucky pets who find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. Pet parents should know what kind of venom mistakes may be lurking in their environment and where those snakes are most likely to be found so pets can be kept out of those areas, please. Like your old shed. Remember you had snakes in your old shed? I had snakes a lot of different places, unfortunately. But Not every veterinarian has snake venom antidotes. It's extremely expensive, and we don't keep it on hand. Okay. So call your veterinarian in your local emergency clinics to confirm that they carry these necessary medications. And I think that's a good idea to do it now. 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 Absolutely. Okay. What about parasites? Yeah. As the temperatures begin to drop, the threat of mosquitoes lessens, but we are reminded that fleas and ticks are still a problem. While fleas and ticks are a year-round nuisance, they can be at their worst in the fall. Okay. Perhaps it's because there are lots of hiding places for them, or perhaps because the cooler temperatures draw pets and their owners out more often for hikes and walks. Whatever the reason, take preventative measures to ward off fleas and ticks. For example, rake up fallen leaves regularly. Fleas like to hide in the dark, humid areas Away from the sunlight. Does your dog like to jump on leaf piles? Mine does. Only allow them to jump in freshly break piles and not wet or moldy leaves. Once the fun is done, immediately dispose of leaves in a secure trash can or bag. Also, mow your lawn regularly. Ticks like to climb up the blades of those tall grasses. 
just waiting and lurking for a lucky host in the form of a passing animal or human. Such great advice. Anything else? That's all the Flex Facts for this week. Flex Facts, another great one. So what do we have next? More of the pet buzz, including my likey of the week and veterinarian Dr. Angela Bosco Louth discussing that cats can spread the COVID-19 virus to one another, but found dogs did not. You don't want to miss this segment. It's going to be awesome and very educational. We'll be right back after the commercial break, so stay tuned. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Okay, let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. So my I Likey of the Week is Milkbone. Milkbone is selling a trio of matching mask and doggy bandana sets. They're only $10 each. In each set, you get an adult-sized face mask with ear loops and a bandana. Your choice of large or small. The mask is for you and the bandana is for your pup. There are three designs to choose from. In one, the mask is a mouse's face complete with whiskers while the bandana turns your dog into a cheese. If you prefer, there's a skeleton set. Your face gets the skull treatment while the pup bandana exposes their skeleton. That's my favorite one. Or become a pumpkin and candy. You're the jack-o'-lantern while the bandana is adorned with pieces of candy and dog treats. So check out this on Amazon. They cost $9.99 for this super fun twining photo op experience. You are going to love it. Don't wait. Get it now. I'm sure there are limited supplies. In the past weeks, questions have arisen about when President Trump contracted the coronavirus. Scientists reveal that people who contract the novel coronavirus admit high amounts of the virus early on and in their infection and can shed the infection to others. But what about dogs and cats who contract the virus? Can they shed it to other dogs and cats and even the people they live with? Well, our next guest is going to tell us. 
Joining us today is veterinarian Dr. Angela Bosco-Louth. Dr. Louth is an assistant professor at Colorado State University. Her specialty is infectious disease and veterinary medicine. Other than horses, sustainable practices for disease mitigation is her passion. Dr. Bosco-Louth, Charlotte and I'd love to welcome you today to the Pet Buzz. Thank you both so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Dr. Angela, we know that people have passed coronavirus to a handful of dogs and cats, but can dogs and cats pass COVID-19 to their own species or even humans? It's an excellent question. What we know so far is that cats can, in fact, spread the disease to other cats, but it does not look like there's any evidence to date that cats have or can give it to dogs. And we currently have no evidence that cats have ever transmitted it to their owners. This doesn't mean that it can't happen. It does happen. It is likely so rare as to be almost insignificant. And dogs, we don't believe, shed enough coronavirus to infect either other pets or their human owners. You know, it's interesting because if you recall, Dr. Fleck, early on when we started talking about the first cats in the United States who had it, you remember the two sets of cats? One cat in the house got it, one cat didn't, and then it seemed two cats in the house eventually had it. Mm -hmm. And then we also looked later on, I guess it was in Asia, there was a German Shepherd, and then another dog in the house, and I think eventually the German Shepherd got it, and then there were situations here in the United States with dogs living in a house with owners. So this is very enlightening for us, right, Dr. Fleck? And that also, I I believe that the humans already had the covid Yes. So they felt as though it was transmitted to the pets from the humans. Dr. Angela, talk to us about your study, its protocols, and its results. Sure thing. So as veterinarians, one of our first questions when coronavirus um, kind of came about was whether or not we need to worry about whether our pets can and will become infected and what that result might have on those pets. So our study said about using a very small subset of animals to try to figure out how dangerous coronavirus would be if they were exposed and infected, and whether or not they can shed it to each other or to humans. So we started off by infecting a very small amount of animals, and then we followed them through the course of their infection, both looking at clinical signs and also looking at their viral shedding. And what we found is that cats, in our study, were completely asymptomatic, so they would never have known that they were exposed or infected, but they did, in fact, shed quite a lot of virus for several days. And upon re-exposure, 28 days after their initial challenge, we found that cats were actually quite protected from a secondary exposure, so they developed a really nice antibody response. By contrast, we were never able to detect any viral shedding from the dogs in our study, and although they did have a slight antibody response, it was not nearly as significant as the cats. And importantly, neither the cats nor the dogs in our study had any clinical signs of disease at any point. So we believe that if they are infected, it's unlikely that their human owners would notice it very often, but we do believe that there are rare cases, even perhaps with older animals or animals that might have other illnesses, that they may actually have some symptoms when exposed. You know, that's really interesting because obviously we haven't seen the Belgian research about the cat who had coronavirus, but that cat had symptoms similar to humans. And then the big cats, after they caught corona at the Bronx Zoo, from the uh, caretaker, showed some symptoms. So that's kind of... But then again, your study was done in a laboratory setting, correct? Correct. And you used nasal swabs to infect the, the cats and dogs? or And was it just cats and dogs? 
with just cats and dogs, and we actually used a drop-wise installation. So we just took liquid preparations of the virus and dripped it into their nose. They were under sedation at the time, and they did not. It was not a painful procedure at all. Out of curiosity, with each study that you did with each individual, did they all come down with the disease? They sure did. And so what we did is we actually directly inoculated five cats, and then we exposed two cats to those infected animals. So those two animals, we never actually gave them the virus. We just exposed them to their infected roommates. And both of those cats did, in fact, contract the virus and shed it for the same duration of time and developed a very high antibody response after that exposure. Wow, real interesting. That is interesting. But what about the dogs? Did the dogs have any symptoms or no? No, the dogs had no symptoms. Um, and, And again, we never were able to detect any viral shedding from them, even through the same treatment as the cats. So in our particular study, and again, these are with dogs that are their laboratory pets, so they didn't have any other um, exposures or diseases, they didn't develop any signs of disease. You would never have known they were exposed. Uh, that said, again, other animals that have had, that we have since seen with coronavirus may have mild symptoms, particularly if they have another disease that's kind of underlying. But in our study, the dogs didn't have any disease or were able to shed the virus in any detectable manner. I'm only asking this next question because I just want to make sure that our listening audience understands this because we've already talked about it. If cats are infected, can they shed the virus to their humans? It's a great question. Our answer is that they possibly can, but we believe that cats are more likely to be exposed from infected humans because cats typically don't shed virus as long as humans or to as high of a duration. So while it is certainly possible, it is really unlikely. Okay. So there's more to come, in other words, (laughs) obviously. Okay. (laughs) Correct. What about wildlife? Since so many cats are indoor and outdoor, could they pass the virus to other wildlife that they come in contact with? Yeah, that is probably the the question that's plaguing me the most right now. And I believe that, yes, they probably can. In particular, there are some recent preprint papers out that show that deer mice can become infected with coronavirus. And we've, in fact, seen that ourselves in our laboratory. So we're We are quite concerned that cats could, in fact, spread the virus to wildlife species that they interact with. Doctor, I'm really intrigued by what you just said there because there's a lot of feral cats. And unfortunately, they could therefore possibly be a source of of continued transmission of this. And that's a little disturbing, I believe. So you've really helped us a great deal. And we want to thank you so much for sharing your research with us and our listening audience. It was great to have you tremendous, on. Tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, and we'd like to invite you back as you do more research, because I think Dr. Angela, doesn't. she seems excited to know more. <laughs> That's the feeling I get. So She's a researcher. I know, but she's an excited researcher. So that's what I want to hear on our show. All right, so thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure to talk this morning. It was great. Well, everyone, that was veterinarian Dr. Angela Bosco-Louth, like South, Mm -hmm. discussing her latest research about dogs and cats shedding COVID-19. Up next, we're talking about one woman who tried to get help for her sick pet, but ended up getting into trouble. And I'm going to spell it like this. Deportation. Oh, boy. Okay. We'll be right back.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. I'm petrinologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. So now it's time for the global pet news. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. Okay, a Dallas woman is facing deportation after she went to Dallas Animal Services and sought help for her sick dog. Authorities accused Maria Flores of animal cruelty after her dog, Muffy, developed an infection on her leg in January. Florist owned Muffy for about six years, but now the Maltese is really at the center of an immigration case. The florist has paid $60 for a vet visit, but learned it would cost about $1,500 to treat Muffy's leg infection. Unfortunately, as you can imagine, the couple didn't have the funds for the treatment. Florist hoped Muffy would get better, but, you know, she didn't, of course. About a month later, she decided to take her dog to Dallas Animal Services, hoping that they would treat Muffy. Well, the couple thought they were doing the right thing by going to Dallas Animal Services. But police say by the time Muffy got to the shelter, her leg was so infected, it had to be amputated. As a result, the owner surrendered Muffy because they couldn't pay to have her treated. So check this out. Months later in August, authorities arrested Flores for allegedly animal cruelty. While at the Dallas County Jail, authorities learned that Flores was illegal and put her on an immigration hold. As you can imagine, Maria has two U.S. citizen children and now has been away from her kids for months. While a Dallas County grand jury declined to indict Flores for animal cruelty, she still faces deportation. Those trying to help her say... Her case is really striking fear in other immigrants, as you can imagine. So what happened to Muffy? Well, she was turned over to the SPCA and she was recovered and adopted out. What happened to Flores? Her supporters hope she'll be released on bond soon, but fear she will be deported anyway far away from her loved ones. Boy, that's sad on so many different levels, it's isn't it? so sad, especially hearing a story like that in yep. this political climate. Yep. Okay, well, let's move on with our next guest. According to the National Retail Federations, many Americans are still planning to celebrate Halloween despite the ongoing corona pandemic, coronavirus pandemic. The autumn holiday may look a little different this year, but pet-owning consumers will still participate. In Halloween activities, among those celebrating, 18% will dress up their pet. 
So joining us today to talk about what's trending in pet costumes is Howard Beige, CEO of Ruby's Costume Company, the world's largest designer, manufacturer, and distributor of Halloween costumes and accessories. Howie, Charlotte and I are pleased to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Thank you. You know, it's We've funny. Got some great sellers. I Go bet ahead. you do. Well, you know, it's funny because we just mentioned that according to the uh, National Retail Federation or the NRF, 18% of Americans are going to dress up their dogs and cats for Halloween. So do you think that number is higher, especially since so many people adopted pets during the pandemic, Howie? Absolutely. I believe that number is definitely higher than 18%. There is going to be a huge amount of people this year that are dressing up their pets and a lot of new pets because a lot of people got new pets during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Definitely. Yeah. And because they can't necessarily go out to local activities, they still want to take lots of pictures for social media, right? Sure. Or even participate in online costumes. Okay, so you had a question, so, Dr. Flack. So, Howie, remind us of the mainstays. Uh, the ones that you expect are things like Super Dog and Bat Dog and Wonder Woman. Those are definitely ones that you absolutely expect. Some of the new ones that have come around are things like Black Panther. The child from The Mandalorian is unbelievable. And that's the costume that they're dressing up their pets in, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Okay, okay gotcha. Right. Ba- and that okay, would work Baby if you Yoda's- have a snub-nosed dog, too. That would be perfect. Like a, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. It's, it's adorable. Most people really, really love it. As long as the dog is not too big, they're dressing this Baby Yoda. Huh. I'm going to get, I hate saying that, but it's fun. I'm going to get me a Baby Yoda Definitely costume. Definitely got to do the Mandalorian. Mandalorian's very, very, very Is popular. there a song yeah. like Baby Shark? You remember Baby Shark? Because I showed one of your yeah, costumes on so Fox and Friends crazy. last year. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I showed I showed <laughs> uh, my friend's r- r- dog, Rookie, and he was dressed like Baby Shark, and they played the theme song in Fox and Friends. And now I have to get a Baby Yoda, but I don't know if there's a theme song for Baby Yoda. Maybe there is. We'll find out. Not yet. Not okay. yet. So also popular would be things like Top Gun is a very popular item. Ooh. Walking Beetlejuice from Beetlejuice, the movie, is very popular. Uh, also, Jurassic World T-Rex pet costume, so that your dog can be a T-Rex. And also a walking teddy bear. And one of our most famous of all is the lion mane, which goes on a dog and makes it look like a lion. One of the great things about having costumes, and Dr. Fleck, you know this, is you get to buy the costumes, you get to use them during the course of the year. So if you buy Star Wars costumes now, you can use them for May for Star Wars Day and dress up your dog. Absolutely. That's correct. And people <laughs> do dress up their dog more than just Halloween. I will say that to you. Oh, people I People definitely do. been dressing up their dogs. I do. If it's National Ice Cream Dog, somebody's got to wear a Sunday. Oh, my goodness. You should sit in my office every day where I practice. Every day, people come in <laughs> with the most interesting costumes. And I'm thinking, do you have a sick dog? You come in with that costume? <laughs> hey, but we got to get to this. Okay. What about the price of costumes this year? Price of costumes will be very steady where they were last year, uh, between 15 and 1998. It's yeah, not bad. No, that's not bad. Hmm. I like to think of buying costumes as an investment. So 
talk a little bit about how you care for them. Like, what should we do after they're over? Because some of them you can wash and some of them you can't wash. Right. Some of them you can wash. Depends on the construction of the item. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but quite frankly, we do make these costumes. These are not disposable costumes. Mm-hmm. These are costumes that are made just the same way we make a toddler and infant costume. So these are sewn very well. Okay, and quite frankly, the fabrics that are used are definitely real fabrics. So this is something that we would tell you that you're saving, you're washing, and you're definitely putting away for future use. Well, Howie, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you were here. Oh, I had one more question. Well, you know, I got a comment. Sure. You know, Go with, ahead. With, this, with as tough as this year's been with everybody's anxiety and, and just feeling down, this could be kind of exciting. Take the time. Get a costume, get your pet, that, and enjoy that for this time. That'll be a nice change of pace. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're going to find a lot of people celebrating Halloween a little bit different way than it's been in the past, but I think you're going to find a tremendous amount of people celebrating Halloween this year. Yeah, and you know, one of the fun things yeah. that you can do is you can buy your costume, you can kind of make a backdrop in your house, and snap some great pictures, enter costume contest. You know, not only with your pet wearing, get really creative. Make the backdrops, get the hay bales, you know, get the spooky. You can buy all that stuff Absolutely. online. And that just makes it so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going right, to be great. Right. Absolutely. Well, Howie, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Having you join us. Thank you very much. And take care. Be well. Right. Well, you know, to learn more about Ruby's pet costumes, I want you to visit rubies.com, petcostumes.html. Just remember, Ruby's does not sell to the public, so look for their costumes on your favorite online site and pet store. And you're going to love their costumes. So many, whether it's for birthdays, Halloween, Christmas, National Ice Cream Day, and the list goes on. But I am a big Ruby's fan. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. As I say at this point in the show, it's always too soon to wrap the show. It's over already? Yeah. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about Halloween pet dangers, fatal and other injury dog bites by police canines, and doggy IQ and canine cognition. Sounds interesting to me. I think so. Special thanks to our guest, Jeff Herman, Dr. Angelo Bosco-Louth. And Howard Beige. And, of course, we must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have any questions, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll try to cover it on the show next week. If you missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, though, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.